How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey cuties, I'm Miles Sexton, a content creator, activist, and loud and proud disruptor of the norm. On Our Private Bits, we talk about the things and people that don't get talked about enough or at all. Trust me, as a sober, HIV-positive, non-binary person, I would know. Join me as I chat with people in my life and from around the world whose stories deserve to be heard. Maybe you'll learn something new and you will definitely LOL. Our Private Bits is also part of the ACAST Creator Network. So how long do you think that it really like took you to get to like a place, you know, where maybe you were like, I think the negative effects of like mourning kind of like were starting to like, you know, like lighten up. Like, you know, you were saying that you were like numbing a lot with yeah. like drinking and alcohol. Like, I don't know if there's other things. Partying, yeah. <laughs> just partying, like going out. I didn't want to be by myself. Like a- yeah. any time that I had like by myself, it would just be like, I'd be crying. I'd be, you mm-hmm. know, like <clears throat> very guilt ridden. And so I was like constantly out and partying and just, you know, staying up until like, you know, two hours before I had to go to work and stuff yeah. like that. But I-, I don't know. I feel like, I honestly feel like the first year was really rough. Mm-hmm. Like the first year was really, really, really rough. And then I didn't really talk about it after. Like yeah. I felt like I went through this period where I didn't talk about mm-hmm. how I was feeling and I didn't talk about, you know, what had happened. Um, yeah. I, I'm going to say like a couple of years for sure, two or three years to get to a point of like actually being able to like talk and be like honest with myself. I think mm-hmm. about it. Um, his friends and family put a bench up in one of these parks up at St. Catharines and I still uh, haven't ever been able to like make my way out there. No, no. Something that I want to do, but I just, I just, you know what I mean? Like I, I don't think I've ever been at that point that I'm ready to like sit and have a conversation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I get that. Um, my EAP program that the person that I was talking to told me to help with grief, to write a letter of, um, to write a letter uh, saying things that I that were left unsaid that I, I'd mm-hmm. never be able to get to say, whether it was good or bad. Um, so I, I did that, and you know they just like basically you write it out, either put it to an address that doesn't belong, send it away, or, or burn it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so good to get it out. Do you feel like though that like the impact I think of like you know of his death like. And then, you know, you go through the sort of stages of like numbing, like how, like, did that inhibit you in any way? Like, how did that, did it like, I guess, yeah. Like, how did that like negatively affect 
you in your life? I just, you know, I was like kind of cutting people out, mm -hmm. not wanting to get close because I had the fear of being hurt to that level. Mm -hmm. I just never wanted to deal with it again. I was like, I'm never, never dating. I'm never like, I don't, I don't want to be, I don't, I don't, I can't do, I, I wouldn't be able to do it again. Yeah. Um, obviously it affected my job at some point, mm -hmm. you know, re reevaluating that, but like as much as the like negative portions that happened soon after, I feel like over the years, like it's just made me a more loving and mm -hmm. wanting to enjoy the moment and accept anything that came my way. I think a lot of acceptance came from it mm -hmm. in whatever form that it was. Like I found myself like not wanting to say no to like anything that came my way, Yeah, you know, because of the fear of losing out or fear of not getting that memory. Totally. Um, You're not taking things for granted. Exactly. Not taking things for granted and just kind of, just kind of putting yourself back out there in different ways, I guess. Yeah. I love that. I know it's, it's interesting because like, for, for me, you know, it like, it really like is what sort of like triggered for me too, like a lot of like my addiction issues, yeah. you know, like I would drink more casually, like, and use substances a bit more casually, like when I was younger, because I was still like, hey, I couldn't afford it. And like, you Who know, can? Toronto prices are nuts. Totally. <laughs> but like, you know, when Matt passed away, it was like, I was just looking for like any way to like escape. But I think what was interesting though, and one of the hardest things was, I think because I felt like I could never, I, I felt so unworthy. I think like in that sort of moment, I felt very unloved. I felt very abandoned by someone that I, mm -hmm. that, you know, that I really cared about. And that was really hard because it triggered a lot of like my childhood trauma of like feeling abandoned and not feeling good it's, enough. And it's, it's crazy. Like, I don't know what your thoughts were about suicide beforehand, but mm -hmm. mine were very like, Oh, somebody who commits suicide is, is so selfish yeah. because they're like not thinking about their loved ones and the people that they're le leaving behind and all that. And it's nuts because when Nathan died, all I thought about was how did I not know or how did I not see this? Mm -hmm. And like, it went from me thinking it was such a selfish act to being like, there, what could I have done? And, and really changed my perspective of people who do die by suicide yeah. in that sense. Like it's not selfish. Like it's, it has nothing to do with you. It, it literally. And, and like, you've and got to take, too, you know, you just got to take yourself out of the equation. I think that was like such a, I was such a, kind of crazy thing to reality check in that sense, mm -hmm. in, in that regard. Yeah, it's a hundred percent. And I feel like even for me, I think what was, what was like the worst was, I guess, was then I became sort of like addicted to sex, like in mm. that sort of moment of like becoming, of trying to numb, you know? Right. And I was like, you know, it was bad. Like I, it reached a point where, you know, I was having sex with like three or four people a day just cause it, I felt like it was the only way that I could sort of like escape how just depressed and horrible I felt, but it was giving you that little bit of serotonin. Yeah. And like, I guess that feeling of being wanted yeah, or worthy exactly. and Again, not abandoned. Totally. And, th and that was just it, but it was like so unhealthy at that point. And like, it was like the only way that I felt like I could like cope with my morning. And mm -hmm. I think, I just think it was, I think it was really hard because like, you know, we said earlier, it's like, I just feel like no one gives you a rule book of like how to 
like navigate grief. And then we're also like, we grow up in this sort of like society where it's like, I don't know. I grew up where it was like, you don't talk about your feelings and you don't ask for help. And like, you need to man up. And it was just like that sort of like toxic masculinity. So it was just like, I had such a hard time. And I, like you were saying, I isolated myself from like so many, all of my friends. Yeah. And like, and, and not only that, like you said, nobody gives you a book and nobody tells you how to grieve, but then everybody and their brother has an opinion on how you should be handling it. That was like the worst. It's like, you know, anytime I did try to have a conversation or, or, you know, want to be around friends it was like they were all giving me the unsolicited advice like i don't need to hear your opinion or thoughts right Mm -hmm. now i just need you to be that person to for me to like talk or give me a hug or just hold me close like i don't i love you but i don't care what the fuck you think at this point like I, i i mean i appreciate it but like you you don't know exactly you know and i think that that's like one of the things that people like you, I think if you were going to like offer advice or you were going to like offer sort of guidance, like I think it's important that you ask people permission in order to do that. Because it also like triggered me is like when people would be like, I'm so sorry, like for your loss. Like when people would say that, like I fucking hated hated that. It's like, don't tell me that you're sorry. You have nothing to do with this. And, and, you know, (laughs) and through that experience, it actually changed my language a little bit of being like, because I used to always uh, tell people, you know, I know what you're going through. Even Mm -hmm. if you, don't or maybe you've never experienced what they've gone through you know i feel like we always say like i'm really sorry like i i I know what you're going through or i can only imagine what you're going through and like we need to like remove that a bit because we don't know we don't know what they're going through we don't know what it's like and and each individual person's experience is totally different exactly so like the better thing you know i feel like would have been to be like you know i i really don't I really can't imagine, or I really don't know what you're going through, you know, like, but I'm here for you instead of, I know what you're going through. I'm so sorry. Giving me six things Mm -hmm. to try and do or. And I just wish that like, also to add to that, it's like saying that, like, you know, like I would love if you could like tell me how I can help you in this situation. Yes. Like, and maybe you don't know what that looks like right now, but I like, I'm going to keep following up with you and know that I'm here to support you, but I need you to tell me what you need. Yeah. You know, because it was like, yeah, I felt like everyone was just telling me what to do. And like, here's the six stages of grief. And I just like, wasn't ready to like fucking hear that. And I, I just wanted someone to like, let me vent to them about how I felt and not, give me advice. Like I, I wasn't looking for that. No, it's like I said, it's, it's, you just needed the ear. Yeah. You needed some hugs. You just needed to be like, you just needed somebody to be there. Mm -hmm. So one of my friends that, uh, I won't necessarily mention by name, but you know, we were fairly close at one point within like, you know, the community and we worked at the same bar together. Um, we kind of drift apart a little bit Mm -hmm. and then, you know, we kind of come back in each other's lives and stuff. Um, like the day that it happened, um, like dropped everything to like mm. come and see me and was there before my mom got there. And, you know, like just really was like, we're going out for lunch. We're going to spend time wow. together. And like the whole day, like didn't necessarily leave my side. You know, I told my mom, I was definitely like in that, like that day was such a whirlwind because like it hit you. Mm-hmm. You don't know how to process it. And then like, you just replay everything that led mm-hmm. up to like Literally. you, you finding out about it. And then I just remember them not leaving my side that day. And, you know, my mom's like, are you sure? Can I go? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like you, you can go home, you know, this, 
my friend's going to stay with me. And, um, they were like, Hey, you're coming out, you know, to the bar later or whatever, mm-hmm. like if you want, but you're coming out, like you're, you're spending the time with me. And I, I just, I remember I appreciated that so much of like just somebody mm-hmm. not giving me an opportunity to be by myself yeah. in that moment. Like that day was very, like, I'm sure like even what you said, like it, it was so overwhelming on so many levels mm-hmm. and, uh, it didn't really click in and like, yeah, I had, I had my first good cry, you know, like obviously when I heard that I cried on and off throughout the day. And then I remember, I remember going out being like, okay, I'm going to go. And I remember going to the bar that I used to work at. Mm-hmm. And I basically, um, my friend had let people know already that I was coming and kind of like prefaced that mm-hmm. it was a really bad day. And I just remember going up to the bartender and being like, okay, every drink that I order, you have to put an X on my hand. Cause I don't want to have more than like, I said, like mm-hmm. I'm not allowed more than five. Yeah. And like, because I knew if I got to us, I, I just, it probably wouldn't have stopped. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, and I didn't, I knew that I want to have a drink and I kind of wanted to be like, I was trying to be social of like not being by myself. Mm-hmm. But I remember, I remember them putting X's on my hand saying like, Hey, Tyler can't have more than like five X's. And like, I appreciated it, whatever, but I tried being social and, lasted maybe about an hour and a half yeah and i just remember going home i walked i don't know in. how you did it oh I my god i was like i was trying so hard of like just like like pulling it together being like hey i just need to like i just can't be by myself right mm-hmm. now and i know that i can't be by myself right now so let's go to like a place where i feel comfortable and i know people and then I, I was out for like an hour and a half i think i had like one or two drinks mm-hmm. i ended up walking my ass back home which was like maybe a couple of blocks up the street I remember calling my mom and I called my mom. Um, no, sorry. I ended up getting home and mm-hmm. I was like, I had a shower. Yeah. And I remember in the shower, it was like, as soon as I stepped in, it was like waterworks. Mm-hmm. Like I just couldn't even breathe. I was crying so hard. And I remember calling my mom and like her answering the phone. I don't even think I said anything except for one of those big, like snotty sides. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. The teeth chattering, like whatever. My mom's like, Hey, um, get in a cab and like, come, come up. I was like, no, 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 I can drive. And my mom's like, no, get in a cab, please. And I remember, I remember like ha- hailing a cab down outside of like Jarvis, like just south of Bluer and like just full on mess. Oh and I got in the cab and he like, this is a really sweet cab driver. And he's like, are you are like, are you okay? And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I was like, it just kind of like, you know, like the cab driver never asked, but you just divulged like your yeah. worst life story. And I remember like, I remember he, he, he turned off his meter. Mm-hmm. I remember he turned off Ugh. his meter and he's like, I'm going to make sure that you get home safe because you need it. You need to have a moment. You need to have like something to make your date. And like, oh, he just turned so off the sweet. meter. Like re- I remember it drove me, drove me home, wow. cried to a cabbie. <laughs> I'm sure there's so many people therapists in yeah, many ways. I'm sure. Oh, gosh. But like, I think it's hard. I think it's hard in those moments to also just like allow yourself to be around people because I think you're feeling so much shame oh, for yeah, just terrible. being vulnerable and like feeling upset or sad. And I just, yeah, I think it's such a tough like thing to navigate. And, and I think it's so great that like your friend was there for you. And I hope that they continue to like be there for you, like on your journey, because, you know, I think for me anyway, it was like, I just, I don't know. I think part of it was my fault of like pushing people away, but I also just felt like no one would acknowledge like the elephant in the room of like what I was going through. Totally. Like, like we said, it's like one or the, like one of the opposite, like total ends of the spectrum on what 
what people were giving. Right. And it was like, I, even like, I remember like telling my parents and it was just such a like cold response from them. Like mm-hmm. when I told them and they didn't really like check in with me. And then I really like not only my parents and my friends, I just like, I really built up a lot of resentment towards them for like not checking in. And it's like, I also have to like own the fact that like I didn't tell them what I needed, but it's just like what 23 year old does, no, you know, you're like you're not going to know what you need in that moment. No. I didn't know. Yeah. Totally. What I needed in that moment. But just like, I wanted to feel like people like cared enough to like make sure that I was okay because mm-hmm. like I wasn't okay, you no. know, like, and I wasn't okay for a really long time. And, and I, like I had people checking in and I yeah. would do, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. No, yeah, I mean, I'm I fine. I would say that same thing, but I'm good. Yeah. I'm all right. Meanwhile, like you're just an absolute wreck. Yeah. On the inside, and you can't even put together your thoughts. Like, did you find that? Like, I couldn't even describe to somebody like how I was feeling. I, like, I, I, I didn't know whether I was angry or upset or yeah. like. I always describe I it as like feeling beige because yeah, it's, it's so. just like I just felt like I was like floating, and the world had no color. It was like it was just this. Yeah, like, it really is, like, you know, I think when people, like, who suffer from depression, I do not wish that on anyone because it's, like, I, it's just where I went, you know? I, it's just in this, like, place of numbness and not really knowing how I felt. And and I think that brings us to, like, both of our partners were extremely outgoing, happy, mm-hmm. very, you know, um, extroverted individuals. Yeah. And I feel like we don't check in on those people enough. Yeah, it's so true. We just take them for granted. We take them for granted. And I feel like as if, you know, the the people that we we do see suffering with depression or we do see Mm -hmm. that is having a day or sad or, you know, upset or whatever it is, we tend to check in on those people a thousand percent more than we we check in with people that are, um, like I said, very happy-go-lucky you know, taken on the world, yeah. you know, we never see them struggle. We never hear them complain. We totally. never do whatever. And I think we take that for granted of not realizing how much they also may be yes. carrying. Mm-hmm. Because even though, you know, I was listening to, I can't remember whether it was a TikTok the other day or an Instagram story. And it was this girl just talking in her car and saying about how, um, you know, our grandparents, like with multiple kids, let's say, or even parents with multiple kids, you always have that one strong kid, mm-hmm. right? That you're like, oh, I don't need to worry about them. They're independent and they're strong and they don't need me. And they focus on their brothers or younger siblings or sisters, yeah. right? Uh, same with grandparents. Oh, I don't need to worry about, you know, my oldest yeah. grandchild because they're strong and independent and, you know, such a strong woman. And she was saying that, you know, even though I'm strong and independent and, you know, learning on my own doesn't mean that I still don't need to be checked in on. I still don't need the reassurance and I, and I still like need the love just as much as, you know, my little brother that wasn't developing, you know, as fast as everybody else or needed the more attention or, you know, whatever. And I, (laughs) I just, that resonated with me so much the other day. Yeah. Cause we do, we forget, uh, we forget to check in on the strongest people Mm -hmm. that we know. Well, exactly. It's the story of my life. <laughs> you know, yes, like very much so. I, I realized that I like suffer from professionalism or perfectionism, you know, and it's like, that's just it. I create this sort of like exterior, you know, version of myself that I show to people that's like happy and successful and, you know, is perfect. But I like live in this sort of, it's a defense mechanism because I just don't want anything to hurt me, you know? Yeah. And it's like, 
So it's, but it's like, I actually do need people to check in with me. I want people to like, to know. And, you know, and, I, and as I've gotten older, I've been a lot better with, you know, when people are like, how are you not just saying good? Like if it's someone that I, I value and, and I trust them, you know, I'll be honest with how I'm actually mm-hmm. feeling in that moment. But, you know, I, it is, it, it is. It's such an tough. automatic response too, though. But totally. how are you? Good. Totally. Right? How are you? I'm all, I'm all right. Yeah. Because it's because you, you don't, want, we don't want to tell, like talk about no. what else is going on, especially from like, you know, Susan with Starbucks from like Tim yeah, Hortons, right? Sure. Like, yeah, yeah I think you? that situation's different, but well, I don't know. I just, you yeah, know, I'm just I agree. relating it to something silly. I know. I feel you. Okay. So then we go through, you know, this, and I think, you know, we've talked a bit about sort of, I think the negative impacts of these situations, but like, I guess like how did, did, did this like in any way, like create positive things in your life? Like, yeah. What did that look like for you? Well, I think I mentioned it before, like the positive things that came out of it was that I stopped taking everything for granted. I think mm-hmm. that was like one of the biggest things I also like, I think, I think we take for granted, like saying, I love you or having like yes. that last word. That's and like, I, mean. I know me and you, I know we, I constantly, like, if you don't, I bug you so much of like, all I ask that, you know, when you go downtown and stuff, like when Miles leaves, I don't care that you're leaving. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care that you're hanging out with your friends. I want you to have a good time. And all I ever ask is you to text me when you get downtown. So I know that you're safe. I know. And you know what I mean? Like, that's like the, that's the thing. And like that some people might take that for granted, Yeah, but it's like not having that last, I love you or Mm -hmm. moment. Like I can't like the fact that, you know, I I said to Nathan, like in a text, like I love you and never got anything back. Like that is like, I never, I never want somebody to know what that feels like. So I never want you to know like that. I don't love you or that, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So me just checking in like that is like not taking it for granted. (sighs) It's really interesting, friends, because this is like the first time that I feel like I'm like connected. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70 percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. 
thing. I think like your responses to like when I forget to text you because sometimes I get overwhelmed and I get really busy and like, and I forget to text you back and like Tyler kind of gets a bit snippy with me. And, but like now I feel like I understand like where that comes from because it, you know, I think like for me, like I look, I look at that as like a sense of control and like, that's not where it's coming from whatsoever. I think in this no. conversation, I'm definitely realizing. So, <laughs> yeah. So when you don't text me back for five hours, I think you're dead on the side of a highway. <laughs> yeah. Noted. Um, it's now in a new place inside of my mind. <laughs> no, I but appreciate I just, you sharing that. I just think it's like, I just think it's, yeah, just not taking things for granted and just living in the moment as much as you possibly can and like really checking in on those that like matter the most to you, I think is like my positive takeaways. Mm-hmm. You also um, traveled a ton. I did. Like, I, oh man, like, yeah, Nathan passed away and like I was working at a flight center and like I literally was somewhere every month, like just not. Now you were living your life. Yeah. Seeing the world. Seeing the world. So I think that's a positive. I mean, for me, it was, yeah, yeah, it was like a big one. Like, so I had started working on this like collection. So I used to design like jewelry and some clothing and stuff. And I had been working on this collection for like two years, but I just like, it was like all like these embroidered beetle wings onto things. So it took a really long time to like literally like hand embroider, like all of these beetle wings. And so it was interesting because like, I felt like like once I sort of like got through it a little bit, it was a really great way for me to sort of like put my energy into something that was really like, that was like positive. And I felt like Matt would really want me to like finish, finish this it, collection. Yeah. And, and it kind of just like gave the collection like a new sort of meaning of like a way to like honor him. Mm-hmm. And so like, you know, like I finished the collection and I, I had my first like runway show of like my collection. And I gave a sort of speech at the end of the collection, like kind of like honoring, um, honoring him and like his impact of my on my life and it just like I felt like it was like my like real way of kind of being able to like say goodbye I think to him yeah, in many ways like a like, full circle yeah. having that closure almost and so it's like and so it was really interesting I don't know like everyone who believes in this stuff or not but like I also like I think like it was maybe like a year or two like after my collection I, I still like the, you know there were still parts of me that was still like healing and like you know, even though I had this closure, you know, I was feeling better, but I still like, I just, I think I was like, at that point, I was like more so just like comparing relationships a lot. And, Mm -hmm. and I was like comparing like a lot of like the good in that relationship, but like not acknowledging the bad parts of that relationship. And then like, so I was only like comparing the good with the relationships that I was in and being like, well, this person doesn't compare to them, but like, yet I was still staying in the relationship to be comfortable and like to feel secure. But like, I just was really settling for less. So I end up going, long story short, going, I end up going to a medium to like, you know, it's kind of like one of those mediums that you would see like on t- TV, like mm-hmm. Teresa Bacudo, like this is like a quite famous like medium, but like, you know, created an Instagram, I like created an account, created a fake name, like, like, or sorry, I created a fake email. I created a fake name. Like I didn't want this person to know anything about me because I was like very superstitious. Like, even though like, I feel like I believe in like the spiritual world, I was just like, I didn't want to have this person like know anything about me. And so I ended up like driving all the way up to Newmarket to go see this person. And I got there and, you know, we're sort of like chatting a little bit and just about like, I don't know, shooting the shit. And then like all of a sudden she like looks at me as I'm sitting there and she goes, I'm so sorry, Miles. Like Matt like won't stop talking and he's talking so loud that I can like barely hear what you're saying. 
That's nuts. And I like ball. I started bawling. Like, first of all, got her his name down. Like, how would she know any of this? Like, it was just like, and she's like, okay, so like, and it also was like so to Matt in how he would talk, you know? Like, it was very much like a characteristic of who he was, how he was sort of like coming to her, you know? And then she goes, he's like asking me to like, to like tell you that he's like taking his hat and he's like putting it on backwards. And he's like, wants me, and then he's like wanting me to put my hands on the side of your face. And, like, so we used to play this, like, stupid game, like, on the subway where, like, he would pick me up at the subway stop and he would, like, wait for me on the platform. And, like, as I would get off the subway, he would, like, walk up to me and he would put his hat on backwards and pretend that he was, like, a straight dude picking me up. (laughs) But it was, like, how, like, how does she know this, you know? And so it was, like, a very, like, the whole thing was just, like, so many of these sort of, like, you know, she nailed so many things that, like, only I would know about Matt. And it was interesting because she she gave me a little piece of advice kind of like in sort of that that reading. And she said that, you know, that Matt and, Matt and I were never meant to be together beyond that point. And I really needed to look at that like Matt's death was very critical in the journey of like my soul in this lifetime on mm-hmm. this earth. And that like, he wanted to make sure that you stayed on the path that you were supposed to be on, you know, and the only way that that was possible was, was by him leaving this earth. And like that impact of that was like, what is going to like propel you into being the person that you were meant to be. And like, prior to that, you were like going down a path that like you shouldn't have been on, which 100% was true. Like I was not in a good, like, mm-hmm. in that place where I was with Matt, like, you know, I was in, like, a very, like, egotistical place. It, what I wasn't, I wasn't really doing things for the right reason. I wasn't right. a good person. I was, like, tearing people down. I was very, like, pretentious, you know? Like, it was, like, you know, I, I wasn't, I, do, I really don't think that I was a good person at that point in my life. And I'm not proud of the person That's that so I was then. And So it's, I, I think it was, it was a very like humbling moment and it really made me like check who I was. And and I really believe that, you know, and, and I think that now I get to like live not only for myself, but also like I get to carry on this sort of legacy of this mm-hmm. other person and how I live my life. And, and, you know, and, and Matt really like inspired me to want to make people feel beautiful and to feel happy and to spread joy because like, that's at the end of the day that I think he was so, you know, obviously depressed inside that he didn't want other people to feel that way. And that's why he projected so much like love and positivity. I think like, I know Matt's watching over you and stuff. And I feel like Matt would just be so proud of everything that you've accomplished. And like, (laughs) I think that you definitely do that every day. You know, you make, you inspire everybody whether it's through your Instagram or this podcast or just even the panel conversations, I think Matt would be so incredibly proud of the impact that you put on everybody else on a day-to-day basis. Thank you for saying that. (laughs) I love you. Me too. Yeah, it's definitely something that I hope that I do and I appreciate you saying that and I really believe that I think we were all meant to meet for a reason and yeah, I I think we can make both of our partners really proud together that we get to live our life in this way and I just, I I always say that, um, you know, everybody asks like in situations if you regretted it. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I am a firm believer that if we learn from a situation or for any moment that comes into our life, if we don't regret it, we've, we've learned something from that moment, whether it was positive or negative. Yeah, and it so just makes us, makes us grow more. And I think everything happens for a reason. 100%. Oh, goodness. So, yes. <laughs> I just need a second. But, you know, I think, you know, our, both of our, you know, responses, we're sitting here looking at each other, <laughs> our <laughs> eyes full of tears. You know, but, you know, I think a lot of it is joy. I think, you know, it's not, it's not, yes, the situation is sad, you know, and that we went through, but it also is like, I feel so grateful, you know, that again, yeah, we get to live this sort of life right now and, you know, and, and that, that that we're sort of on this path. But like what really, I guess, like helped you kind of like find peace, you know, like I kind of shared my, my, the things that I guess like worked for me, but was there like something that really like helped you and in, in your situation? I don't know whether it was like a particular thing. I think it was more so of just looking back on and really remembering all the amazing moments, mm-hmm. even though that, you know, it, it might've not have been years worth of moments, but like remembering the little things um, and just trying to live authentically with what I've learned of like, you know, not saying no, not taking anything for granted. Mm-hmm. Um, I got, uh, Nathan would write, leave me, uh, leave me notes. And um, I have, one of the notes that Nathan had left and like signed his name and like had like a big heart about it. And I, I got it tattooed in the, in the like color of ink that like it was written in Aww. and it's like super faded on my rib cage and it had like some like lyrics around it. And it just like, I look at that tattoo and everybody, you know, everybody's like, Oh, like what's the faded writing. But mm-hmm. like, I look at that tattoo and just like, just makes me think of like all the great memories that I've had Mm -hmm. in that regards. And like, I love that it's faded and like that it looks, it's like exactly how he wrote it. And just, I don't know. It's just something that I carry with me all the time of like, Mm -hmm. you know, I know that he's with me. I love that. And I know that like, it wasn't all like, like you said, I'm, I'm sure there was a reason. Mm Mm-hmm that we had crossed paths. I feel like there's always a reason on why we cross paths with everybody in our life. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm not exactly sure what the moment was that, you know, why Nathan had to leave, leave us and leave me for, for me to discover and have mine or what my path would have been. Mm-hmm. But do you feel like, did you ever like question? I'm just like thinking about this now. But, like, I guess, like, when that happened or even, like, in your life, like, what was, like, what was your relationship with suicide? Like, did that, did you, like, ever have, like, suicidal thoughts, like, when you were younger? Or, like, did you, like, think about suicide after the person passed away? Like, like, Um, yeah, like, how did that, how how is that for you, I guess? (laughs) uh, Transitioning so young and not necessarily being who I authentically should have been or, mm-hmm. you know, presenting who I, th- who I should have been. Um, I definitely, I know my mom's going to listen to this and probably have no idea that this was like, you know, a thing, but like, I remember um, like trying a few mm-hmm. times 
And like, you know, me trying to commit suicide a few times was like under the age of 15, mm-hmm. I'm going to say between like 11 and 14, like wow. that's really young, not knowing, you know, not, I was, I was so angry and like not knowing where I fit and consistently being bullied and like just not in a good headspace mentally. And I just remember every, like, I tried a handful of times and it was, I always got scared. Mm-hmm. I got Me scared to call or like, yeah. And so then did that like, per, like, cause I guess like, did you not feel then triggered? Like when, no, honestly, like, when in we, that like, situation or no, no, when, I mean, this was like pre transitioning and mm. I, and like that, I really struggled with like who I was. I think that's where that stemmed from and that I didn't fit in and, being bullied so Mm -hmm. much and like not knowing. And like, I honestly like transitioning saved my life. Like if I didn't transition, I can, I can tell you that there's only so many attempts before, before I was going to follow through or, or maybe I've got my nerve up or like, Mm -hmm. didn't want to be here. So transitioning definitely saved my life on that. Uh, After Nathan passed away, I funny enough, like I didn't, Hmm. I think it just gave me a really um, new perspective. Yeah. Yeah, I know you meant you mentioned that earlier because I find it so interesting. So, so for myself too, like I am a suicide survivor. Like I, yeah. you know, I was like eighteen when I or not eighteen, sorry, I was like fifteen when I tried to kill myself and fifteen, sixteen in there. And you know, I had, I had just gotten my like my wisdom teeth taken out, and there was like you know I had like also been trying like making sort of attempts, but then I kind of got scared. Like I would like. Yeah. start to try to like cut myself and then I would be like oh I can't do it and it hurts too much like you know what was the easier way and so I had all of these like t3 like painkillers like after my um mm. my wisdom teeth was removed and so like one summer I like basically like took the whole bottle and then like in that sort of moment I like freaked out and was like what did I do what did I do I don't want to die like you know and I end up like making myself like puke like I most of them up I was like pretty like high for like a couple of days afterwards because I don't think I could I got all of them but you know like I was so happy that I kind of like was able to like sort of make it through the other side but like because like like you said like you know I was basically told that I was worthless my entire life and I had to hide who I was Mm -hmm. and I think that really like takes a toll on you you know I just life didn't seem worth living but it was so hard because like, you know, I was so happy that I survived out of that. And I sort of like got to this really good place. And then like when Matt commits suicide, it was like, for me, it was like actually like really triggering in that moment because it was just like, I, I just felt like that the thing that was like good in my life, like was now gone, Mm -hmm. you know? And it was like sort of that idea or that hope of him, of us being together, maybe one day, like that being removed. Like I, I really did question like my life for like a, like a good couple of years, like in that time of like, I was just, I think I was just so depressed and like just so triggered in that moment that, you know, I didn't, uh, yeah. Like I just, I didn't know how to handle it. And, and it was like, it really did bring back a lot of those thoughts. So yeah, so for me, I didn't have, I didn't have that. I think I was just so, I think at that point in my life, like 26, I had been on testosterone and stuff for mm-hmm. almost 10 years. I was comfortable with who I am. So like my attempts and with, with suicide and those suicidal thoughts mm-hmm. weren't there anymore but for me, just because it was, 
in regards to other things, I think yeah. of like not knowing who I was being bullied for, like you said, being, and it, it wasn't on like my parents or like my family side mm-hmm. doing that. It was just more high school's a bitch. Yeah, like high school's the worst. Like everybody's like, Oh, I'd love to do what? No, no like, way. You're a psycho. If you want to do high school again, like absolutely not. Maybe if I could go back and now be the cool kid, I'll, I'll give it a thought. But yeah. like, if I had to go back with everything that like, exactly the way it was there's no way in fuck you could pay me enough to go back to high school like but but this is why you know it's like i get so frustrated when there's like you know parents that are like complaining about you know how much talk there is about like the 2s lgbtqa plus community in schools now and all of this sort of like bullshit because it's like there was both of us who literally tried to kill ourselves because we didn't see ourselves represented 100%. and we were bullied for who we were. And it's like... They're just always turned a blind eye. Exactly. It's and just it, bullying. It's if, just bullying. Exactly. But if those conversations like were being had or I had like a remnant of something that I could hold on to mm-hmm. in those sort of moments of like that there was someone else like me out there, like that would have completely changed, I think, my mindset of like wanting to kill myself. Oh, you know? That's what I mean. Like we were having this conversation the other day and it's like, you know, the conversations that are being held in schools aren't for the majority, but it's for the minority. Mm. And it's for that one single kid that can take something away or to be like, I'm not alone. I'm, you know, and like we have this conversation, like I'm, I'm so thankful that you've kind of really re kind of ignited the spark for me of like wanting to put myself out there mm-hmm. and wanting to be a visible trans man for those who can't be and, yeah. and to have a voice for those who don't have one right now. And like, I just, if I saw my, if I saw somebody like myself at 11, 12, mm-hmm. 13, 14, you know, it's that glimmer of hope that it gets better. Totally. And like, I think that we both can say coming out from something like so dark and like that we did have these, um, darker experiences of while we were trying to figure ourselves Mm -hmm. out that we came out and like can say that it does get better. And even though, you know, you have those rocky moments Mm -hmm. that, not everything's going to be perfect. Not everything's rainbows. Not everything's like a pocket full of sunshine. You're going to go through the rocky roads, but like if you just keep yourself grounded and, you know, surround yourself with those people that have love and admiration and support you, it it does get better. 100%. It does get better. I agree that you are, these experiences that you go through and these sort of traumas like make you such a resilient person. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like I think, as many queer people, like we are survivors of like, you know, huge moments of trauma. And I agree. It's like there, it might not seem like it is in that moment, but I knew for myself that like, I, I, I couldn't take my life in order to get away, like to know that like, I wasn't sure what would happen tomorrow, you know, and that I I couldn't live with that. And I, I think it's really important to remind yourself that maybe you're feeling the way that you feel today, but tomorrow you don't know how you're going to feel. And the chapters of your life are still completely unwritten. And I think that we all do have the power to really, you know, really get to a place where we can we can feel better and we can let in the joy and we're gonna find our group of people and that those like people exist you know out there mm-hmm. so can agree more yes well I am going to link in the bio um, lots of information around the suicide hotline and numbers um, that you can that you can contact if you are questioning or thinking of any of these thoughts um, but I would just also really just want to thank 
you, Tyler, for having this moment with me. I know this was a, a really big <laughs> conversation and I know we're both feeling the feels right now, but I think it's also really important and I, and I think that more people need to talk about this because I think we're both living you know, lives in very, a very public way and we're living in joy, but like, it doesn't mean that it's always been that way. Right. A hundred percent. I think that we get caught up in, um, social media and TikTok, and not everything that looks, uh, uh, that you see online isn't necessarily, uh, what's portrayed, uh, in the, in the real world sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's just a good moment to take to just, you know, I said it again, uh, I'll say it again. It's just, you know, check in with those that you love and, even if they are the extremely happy, outgoing person, like make sure you're just checking in and making sure that they're okay too. I appreciate this conversation. I feel like um, it's a doozy. We cracked down a new wall of Tyler's folks. <laughs> <laughs> Taking a peel of my onions off one layer at a time there. Exactly. I love you. I love you too. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.